Welcome to A Word with Dr. Shirley, a podcast for faith, inspiration, and empowerment. A Word with Dr. Shirley starts now. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to A Word with Dr. Shirley. Thanks so much for tuning in today. My name is Dr. Shirley, and I am a wife, a mother, Bible teacher, nurse, author, speaker, entrepreneur, woman's ministry leader, but most importantly, I am a servant of God. And I am so excited to be with you today as I interview this amazing woman of God, Miss Heather Robinson. Heather Robinson is the CEO and founder of Anointed to Write. She's a faith-based self-published author who also offers writing services. She began her writing business in 2021 as a means to give a voice to those who felt silenced, silenced by their family, the world, and their past. Anointed to Write was founded on Habakkuk 2 verse 2 and is a writing, editing, and book formatting company with you in mind. Anointed to Write's mission is to help aspiring and experienced writers get their book ready for publication. With editing services, a copyright option, and book formatting, they aim to please. Anointed to Write's vision is to see to it that all clients see their dreams of bringing their ideas to life become a reality that they can be proud of. Heather originally wrote a book in 2016 that was published in 2017 through a traditional publisher. Since the passing of her publisher, she regained the rights to her book in 2021. She is now the self-published author of three books entitled A Season of Pressing, A Spiritual Awakening, Second Edition, Words of Reflection, a 30-day devotional unto the Lord, and to wholeness from brokenness, will ye be made whole. Without further ado, I present to you, Miss Heather Robinson. How are you today, woman of God? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. How are you? I'm doing well by the grace of God. I'm excited about our time together today because we have a very interesting yet relevant topic at hand to discuss, and that is no other than finding purpose in pain. And I believe with all of my heart that this is such a relevant topic because we're living in hard times and um, people are going through all sorts of ordeals, be it physical, be it spiritual, psychological, financial, Mm -hmm. you know, trauma, uh, uh, effects of, of trauma in the past, current trauma. I mean, people are dealing with all kinds of issues that we can categorize under pain and so, or painful. And so I think that this discussion should be something that will help a lot of people, and I can't wait to get started. So first and foremost, let's just launch into the deep. How do we find purpose in our pain? Or is that even something we can do? So for me, I feel like that's what keeps you going. When you finally get to the understanding that you're not going through what you're going through just to go through, right? We go through what we go through, not for ourselves. It's for a greater purpose. And that's because we're going through, we're going through to help someone else get through. Our pain is not about us. It's not about us at all. It's about being a vessel to help someone else get through that what you have once walked through. And so pain and purpose to me is relevant and it's real. And it keeps you going because now you have something to look forward to. It's not just being stuck 
It's not the woe is me. It's not everything is happening to me. Nothing's going my way. It's okay. This is happening to me and it's not comfortable, but I know that when I get to the other side, I'll be able to help someone else. So that's encouraging for me. Amen. I mean, I, I love the fact that you just, started off by saying it's not about us because isn't it ironic mm -hmm. that when we are enduring painful circumstances, the first thing we resort to is to compartmentalize that pain and think mm -hmm. all about ourselves, right? In that moment, it's, it's almost like um, a parallel to when we're in pain naturally, right? Naturally, mm -hmm. when we're in pain, um, you know, we're grimacing, we're, we're isolating ourselves, we're um, just thinking about how to be rid of it, that we're consumed with how do I get free from this moment in time. Um, but I'm really glad that um, you, you're helping us to understand that there's a bigger picture as it relates to pain that's not, you know, physical or or um, natural. Or when we're talking about emotional pain, psychological pain, pain that is not necessarily tangible, mm -hmm. um, but you feel it in every fiber <laughs> of your being, you know, Tylenol won't take it away. Advil can't help. Um, um, no pain medication can really help, but it's, it's, it's nonetheless painful. It's nonetheless real, right? It's real to you, the person who has endured it. And we're not taking away from anyone's current pain as we speak, right. but we want to just shed some light on the fact that there's a bigger picture. And so I kind of want to talk about that, that bigger picture and really expounding on, you know, how to really navigate the pain to find the purpose because, and I think you gave us the starting point, that starting point is getting outside of that moment, right? Looking beyond the moment and to the future and trying to find the answer to the why, right? Like, why am I going through this? What good can come out of this? Like if we start to explore, right? I start to, cause really we do that, don't we? Like when we're going through difficult situations, we do go to God. We run to God and say, God, why? <laughs> why me? Why now? You know, why not so-and-so, right? We start to ask those questions. And um, I believe if we wait on the answer, that's where the power lies, right? If we wait on God to show us why, um, because there is a reason, because at the end of the day, what we'll discover and when we'll talk about scripture later on is that God doesn't waste any experience, right? He doesn't just no. allow us to go through just to go through. That's um, like us. When we're eating food, we waste the crumbs. God doesn't waste the crumbs. He sure doesn't. He and that's sure. the stuff that we look at that is meaningless. And so people feel that they're worthless and they feel they don't, they, they have no value and they feel like they are the crumbs. But if I can encourage somebody today and let you know that God doesn't leave the crumbs behind, he leaves nothing behind. I know that's right. <laughs> he sure doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't leave anything behind. He is an intentional God. And even when we we think that we made a mistake in a situation that like, mm -hmm. oh, you know what? I messed up and I got here because of my own flaws, because of my own mistake, because of my own poor decision making, whatever. You might think it was an accident. You might think it was your fault. You might think you shouldn't have been here. And it could, those could all be true. But guess what? Even in that place, even in that wrong turn, even in that um, messy place, you know, God can 
pull a message out of that. God can, you know, redirect you, right? He's the best, like GPS has nothing on God, right? Like (laughs) GPS will say rerouting, like no matter where you find yourself outside of the course that it's set for you, it will just reroute you, right? And God is beyond that. God is so much bigger and better than that. Matter of fact, before you got to that trial, God anticipated what your needs was going to be. He knew what you were going to do, what you were not going to do, what who would be there, who would not be, be there, what resources you would need, right? He already made, because he's a provider, a provider anticipates needs before they arise, right? And mm-hmm. so before we even arrive at our circumstances, we have to trust that the love of God has already made supply for us in that pain, in that painful experience. His comfort is already there. His, his, you know, his spirit is there. He has people waiting to give you a word of encouragement. He has healing scriptures, right? And so on and so forth. And I don't want to take the floor because this is really all about you today. Um, But I just (laughs) really wanted to just get the conversation started um, in terms of like pain and really helping, um, people explore that. And so I want to give you the floor if you want to expound a little bit again on the first question in terms of, you know, um, how we find the purpose in the pain. So far, we've talked about first, you know, really getting outside of yourself. I know it's hard and it sounds a bit rough (laughs) to say, well, stop thinking about yourself. But truly, it is really the starting point of beginning to find that purpose is, is looking at the bigger picture and seeing that perhaps there's someone down the line that I'm going to be able to minister to from this place, right? It Mm -hmm. won't necessarily be a wounded place. Hopefully it's a healed place, but your wounds, your scars, right? You'll be able to show someone your scar and say, look at what the Lord has done. Look at what I was able to live through. Look at what I was able to overcome only by the blood. Look at what the power of God kept me through when I should have lost my mind, when I almost lost my mind, right? And people who went through less than I did, um, didn't make it. And I did, right? And so go ahead. (laughs) The floor. (laughs) But it's true. And I, you know, I'm often reminded of how we feel like we have to have it together before we can be of service to anyone else. Yes. I got to make sure my life is right. But sometimes God will use you while you're going through yes. to help somebody else. Yes. Because a lot of times when you're so focused on what's happening to you, you can't get past it and you can't move forward. And then you kind of get stuck. So then as the question is, where'd you get stuck? Mm. You can sit in what happened, but you can't stay there. At some point, you got to get up. Yes. Right. And so I feel like for me, there's two things. There's the writing piece where I wrote my first poem at 15 when I became parentless. Wow. And it's so funny because this goes back to something you said where we asked God, why me? Mm. That was the name of the poem. Why me? Wow. (laughs) So. You, you know, you, you do ask those questions. And I, I I also recognize that adults don't really know what to do with children and trauma because mm. there's no manual. It's not their fault. And unresolved childhood trauma turns into adulthood trauma and it just compounds from there. But I feel like personally for me, every experience 
My mother died when I was seven. I watched them put her casket in the box in the ground and throw dirt. Although people would be like, oh my God, that's terrible. It was a low blow. It was a loss. I missed out on a lot. But what I identify for that is there are motherless people in the world for a lot of different reasons. Sometimes people's mothers are just not in their life. Sometimes they're incarcerated. Sometimes they die young. Sometimes they have an addiction. There's a lot of reasons why a mother is not present, right? Or a father or whoever. But I, I feel like when you go through these certain things, it builds your faith muscle. And as your faith muscle increases, you're able to be more, what's the word? Um, effective. Yes. Because as your faith muscle increases, your self-confidence boosts, your self-love boosts, your self-worth boosts. And then you realize I'm worth being here. I'm here for a reason. There is a purpose and a destiny on my life. And so I have to allow God to peel back layers and start the healing process. So with anointed to right, giving a voice to those who feel silence, that's the bottom line. There are a lot of people that suffer in silence. That's what we do. We want to suffer in silence. We don't want to share what we're going through. And then you never really know who you can impact. Hmm. I'll give you an example. I had to get 15 fibroids surgically removed in 2021. Nobody told me they had fibroids until after I said I had the surgery. Now, had I not suffered in silence and they not suffered in silence, maybe there could have been another way. I don't know what's done is done. But I say that to say because we suffer in silence, it's a disservice, not just to us, but to other people like your testimony your life depends on it, but so does the life of someone else. Amen. Amen. And and so herein is one of the major ways that we give God glory um, through our pain, because mm-hmm. I believe the ultimate purpose for which we were even born, created, is to give God glory. And so in everything that God allows to happen to us is for his glory and for our good. Mm-hmm. And even when we can't see the good, you know, in that situation at any given time, we can at least focus on giving God the glory, right? Until he shows us the good that comes out of it. Um, And I think, you know, with a lot of what you have said so far, it really, that's the point that stands out to me is being able to identify that place and that moment in time where I can give God the glory in my situation through my ability to testify and 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 realize that this is not going to kill me. This thing is not unto death. <laughs> it is all for his glory, right? It's 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 it, there's another side to this. There's yeah. another side to the story and a lot of times um the enemy comes in because he loves to come in, you know, when we're at our lowest points, when our faith is uh, under fire, that's when he comes in to make us doubt the goodness of God and make us doubt uh, uh, the love of God. And, 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 and is God even here? Does he care? Right. right? And who, why in the world would I be thinking about anyone else when I'm going through so, you know, so much. I need someone to come to my rescue, if anything. Yes. Um, and so he skews 
all of the things that you know, should be helping build our faith. He'll steal those things. He'll steal those moments and opportunities for us to give God the glory. And so I think it behooves us to really have that mindset of no matter what I'm going through, God is going to get the glory out of me, out of my situation, because this is why I'm here. Right? Yeah, that made me think of a scripture that I've had to stand on because 2021 and 2022 were probably the two hardest years of my life. Mm. And I stand on Romans 8 and 28. Yes. yes. And it says, therefore, we know that all things, not most things, not mm. some things, all things, not the good things, not the things I just want to go through, not the things I'm okay with going through. Yes. All things work together for the good of those that love the Lord and applaud according to his purposes. Yes. So my pain works together for my good. My yes. grief works together for my good. My setback works together for my good. My losses, as well as my wins, work together for my good. Why? Because I love the Lord and I'm called according to his purposes. So when you're able to grab a hold of something, that's my scripture. I've been standing on it. I've grabbed I've grabbed a hold of it and I won't let it go. I'm holding on to it like a dog gnawing on its bone. That's how serious it is. Like I encourage people, grab onto whatever it is that can get you to the point where you're able to pull yourself away from whatever it is that you fall back into. Because a lot of times we'll be delivered from something and then something will happen and there'll be a trigger and we fall back into old habits. Right. And so, and and this is controversial. People fight me on this all the time, but I believe there's a difference between being delivered and being set free. I feel like you can be delivered where you go to the altar and you're delivered and then you go back and do the same thing over and over and over. And you go back and you get deliverance and then you go back. And it's like in the moment you're delivered. Right. There's a trigger that happens that puts you back in that place where you were. Mm -hmm. I feel like when you're set free from something. That word free is relative. You're set free from it. That root is cut. And you have to cut at it over and over again. And it's an intentional thing that you have to purpose yourself to do. But being set free is something where if something happens, it doesn't trigger you. And I feel like that's the difference between allowing people to control you and allowing the Holy Spirit to control you. Amen. That's a really great point. Um, And, you know, as you're talking about scripture, I'm getting excited because um, really this is what especially when we're going through difficult times, this is what we should be clinging on to. It's the word of God. It's the promises of God. It's what did God say before I arrived here? Because he'll never, you know, allow for you to go into a situation without equipping you for it, right? If he allowed you to be in that fire, is it because he knows you've got what it takes to stand in it? Right. He already equipped you no matter how you feel. Your your feelings will lie to you. <laughs> your feelings will tell you you're going to die. You're not going to make it. God is not here. This is too hard. It's too much. Next thing you know, you've on the other side of it and you've overcome twice over and you don't even realize how, you don't even know how you got there. Right. Well, it's because God had already. First of all, if his spirit is in you, you have what it takes to navigate any situation. Okay, Mm -hmm. let's be clear about that. Because the spirit of God, the Bible tells us that we have in us as believers is the same spirit that resurrected Christ from the dead. Right. And so that right there is telling you how much power 
the Holy Spirit has packed into it. And so that power is embedded into the soul, into the spirit rather of every believer. So if you're a believer, you have what it takes. I don't, I really don't care what your circumstances are telling you. I don't care what people are telling you. I don't even care what you're telling yourself, right? At the end of the day, you've got what you need to go to the other side of wherever you are now, right? So let's just set that premise. But in addition to the Holy Spirit is the word of God. And the spirit will lead you to scriptures such as Romans 8, 28, right? And another scripture that I want to bring to the light that I'm falling in love with is 2 Corinthians 4, verses 16 through 17. And it says, therefore, we do not lose heart Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. And so what is the scripture saying? In so many words, it's saying that my pain carries a reward. That if I allow my pain to be processed correctly, or if I allow my to be correctly processed with this pain, I go through with God. At the end, there is a reward, not only on earth, but eternally. Right? There's a reward. It's 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 like sports, right? So my son is an athlete, Lord, he plays so many sports. So I know this all too well, right? In terms of like the pain um, that he might come home with after working out really hard in the gym or having a, a, a tense game, whether it's football or basketball, you know, all parts of his body is aching. And I'm, you know, being the mom, like, oh, what can I do? What can I do? He's like, no, this is, this is good pain. This is not... <laughs> This is not a pain unto death. This is a pain that tells me that I'm doing something right. This is a pain that affirms my progress. This is a pain that confirms that there's a reward. There's a trophy waiting for me if I keep going, right? And so this is the kind of pain we're talking about, this type of pain, the pain that, you know, an athlete will endure in practice or when injured, but at the end of their season, mm -hmm. It's worth it when they get that trophy, right? When they when okay. they're crowned, come on, when they're crowned as champions, that pain, they're not even thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If, right? If anything, they're rejoicing that they were able to persevere until the end. And so that's what we need to do. And, and the, there's a scripture in Hebrews, I believe, that talks about how for the joy that was set before him, you know, Jesus endured the cross. Now, who endured more pain than him at that moment? So if we're going to talk about someone who went through pain, who on earth ever has ever had to endure more pain than Christ did in that moment on the cross? Because not only was it the worst excruciating pain known to mankind, but it was also the worst excruciating pain uh, spiritually, right? Because not only was he enduring the sins of the world, but he was watching the very people that he was dying for spit at him, you know, poke him, mock him, yeah. reject him. I mean, I have heard <laughs> several renditions of this story where people say, well, if that was me, I would have called 12,000 legions of angels to come and smite 
<laughs> smite them all. You know, I've heard people say, and they would have been in their right. Like if Jesus did that, he would have been in his right because how, the audacity. Like I'm shedding my blood for you and you are here mocking me. But that's why we are not Christ. Yes. <laughs> that's why. Everybody has an assignment. Yes. That's are. why that was not any of our assignments because that's what we would have done. And what Jesus did is he followed what the father told him to do. That's right. And that's why everything lined up the way it was supposed to line up. You know, I think about, I taught for 20 years and there's something in education called process versus product, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. We want the end product, but we don't go through, we don't want to go through the process to get there. You know, God takes you through a process and chamber and he prepares you and you're now for your next. How do I know I can trust you in your next? So I have to prepare you in your now so that I can trust you in your next. I can't just give this. It's like you, it's like you having a 16 year old and you giving them their inheritance. Mm. They're going to blow through it because they can't be trusted with it. They, they don't know what to do with it. They don't have the mental capacity at 16 to understand what to do with a large lump sum of money. Right. So it's the same thing with us. God knows us that intricately where he knows where we are what we can handle in the moment, right? So some of us want something so bad. We want to be millionaires. We want seven and eight figure salaries and all of this. And that's grand. And God can make that happen. But are you a good steward over what he has put it in your hand now? Yes. And, and I love the fact that um, you talked about that process because um, there's another scripture that really highlights the process in the sense of pain or trials. Um, and that would be um, James chapter one, verses two to four. And it's this considerate, pure joy. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face many kinds of trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces patience or perseverance, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So like all the words such as produce and finish and work mature, like all of these words are speaking to process, <laughs> right? As you said, mm -hmm. all of these words are connotating process for you going from point A to point B, right? And and it's, again, it, going back to these foundational scriptures in these painful moments, realizing that where am I in my process? How much progress am I making towards the end of this versus reverting back to where I was even before I met the Lord? Because I'm, mm -hmm. I'm deciding to backslide. I'm deciding to abandon my faith. I'm decided to go against the grain as opposed to submitting to the process. And again, going back to Christ, this is what we saw him doing clearly. And he did this for us to have a, an example, to, right. to, to have, uh, to be a role model for us to fashion after so that when we are enduring our painful situations like he did, he looked forward. He looked, he saw us, he saw the people that would benefit from that moment in time. And he saw how momentary that moment was. It was mm -hmm. not eternal. <laughs> right. He saw that affliction as a light thing compared to eternity of being with his children. Right. And so again, it's 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 all about us and, and our perspective on things when we're in those situations and we got to be careful. We have to understand our enemy and how he works. He comes for our minds first because he knows mm -hmm. 
as a man thinks in his heart. So, so I don't have to touch your belongings. I don't have to do anything to you, but mess with your thoughts. If I can mess with your thoughts, if I can, I, if I can literally reprogram your life mm-hmm. by giving you my thoughts, right? right? I can, I can put you on a detour for your destiny <laughs> from your destiny. If yeah. I cause you to believe a lie, which is what we saw happen in the garden, right? We saw two people that had it all in one moment, lose it all because they decided to believe the serpent over God. They literally traded the truth for a lie. Um, that's a that's that's a whole hour conversation I could have just on that alone. Yes, and and actually I'm, this weekend I'm having a conference. That whole theme it's back to eating conference, ladies. Um, is is this weekend, and that's really the that's all we're going to be really talking about. And you're right, this could go on. <laughs> that point is a heavy point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't want to just skim over it, but in light of what we're talking about, it just really seemed to fit. Yeah, it makes me think about, it makes me think about two things. First thing I was thinking about, and this might've been a little earlier, I was thinking about um, how the Bible says they were overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And that's twofold. And a lot of times we are like, okay, we want to be overcome by the blood of the lamb, right? He already shed his blood. So we're good, but we don't want to step into that, the word of our testimony. That doesn't mean air all your dirty laundry. Right. What that does mean is you have a story to tell mm-hmm. and your story can help ultimately save somebody else's life. Yeah. So on the speaker end of things as a speaker, that's something that I actually, my, my talk topic is navigating through pain to purpose. Mm-hmm. And so there is the Shea Brown his comeback champions um, summit is June 20th to the 24th. So I'll actually be on that summit. And that is the topic, but beyond that, and we'll still be looking for more speaking engagements just to kind of get that out there. But beyond that, beyond the writing, the editing, the typesetting, the self publishing component of the business, beyond being a, three-time self-published author with another book coming out through a book collaboration. Right. I have also taken on the task, finally, even though I've been doing it the last year and a half, I've finally taken on the task of becoming a coach, which is something I ran from because it's something that I was doing, but I didn't put a title to it. Hmm. And so um, I am now a personal relationship coach. Wonderful. And what I do is I position people to identify their pain points mm-hmm. so that they can start walking through the healing process through writing, speaking and educating. Do you want to write your story? Do you want to tell your story on a stage or do you want to do both? Because ultimately, however you do that, you will be educating others to get through to the other side. So that is where I am in this season trying to kind of get that going for people because I feel like we would have such a better world if people knew where to channel what they were going through. You have violence because it comes from pent up anger, frustration, pain, hurt, not feeling like anybody cares. So you might as well just live recklessly because no one cares. That's where that comes from. It's misplaced pain. Yes. So if we knew what to do with that 
maybe we wouldn't resort to such violence or or such carelessness in life. Amen to that. Um, you know, as you're as you were talking about the the finding the channels to express um, ourselves again from a healed place, because I'm I'm highly opposed to people um, who are not healed trying to uh, sort of help others from a place of being wounded because that can do more damage to someone else than, than not. Um, but yes, once you are in that um, healed place, that, that place where, you know, you've sat with your pain and you understand it, you, well, you may not understand all of it because it is a process. Healing is a process. It's it a absolutely a process. <laughs> it, it is a journey. Um, it's not a, a one day thing. And, um, and certain wounds require more time than others, right? Like versus like a Band-Aid wound versus a surgical wound. You're looking mm -hmm. at two different things there. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, um, I definitely feel like after, you know, we've gotten to a place where we've sat with ourselves, we sat with God, um, for, for some people, maybe gotten some therapy, counseling, um, are in a really good place, it is definitely our duty to now find those channels, right? To express um, the healed version of us to the world and be ready to help people pull from that, right? Because it's after we're healed, it's after we're in that place where we've settled, the, the dust has settled and we've sat with God, we've gone to his office and he's dealt with us and we've allowed the Holy Spirit to coach us, right? And then to now lead us to coaches like yourself, um, other spiritual uh, counselors um, or, or pastoral counseling, whatever people feel um, they have access to or want to use. Um, mm -hmm. And that's when the, the Spirit of the Lord will take over and really take over the wheel, so to speak. That's when Jesus takes the wheel and he begins to show you things that were embedded in you that were in seed form. And all you needed was a little trial to bring it up. All you needed was a little fire. <laughs> See, this is part of finding the purpose because we don't realize how those um, hard places and those, those difficult circumstances literally mm -hmm. Um, they like as we said in Romans 8:28, it works like it does something for us, not only in us, but right. for us, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, if Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego weren't dropped in that fire in that furnace, would we ever have that story that right where we can see, wow, like God truly is no. that, that will he won't just keep you from falling or pull you out, but he'll go in it with you, right. cover you, and you come out not smelling like smoke. Now, that's not something that we could easily say had we not had an, a story like that in the Bible to literally re reference, right? Mm -hmm. And so I loved, I love the fact that, you know, you talked about those different channels. And I think that's beautiful also that you're giving people so many ways that they can express that themselves through writing, right? Everyone doesn't have to speak. Some people, your the power is in your pen, right? Your voice mm -hmm. is as loud with that pen as it is with a microphone. And writing is so powerful. People don't realize it wasn't until I started writing that I actually went for therapy. 
Mm. Because when you're writing, yes, it's just you and that pen. And whatever you're writing about that you've been through, you got to sit in it and you got to face it. It's almost like you don't have a choice but to allow God to deal with you in that moment. And so that opened the door to, okay, it's time to step out and get some therapy. And sometimes people, sometimes people don't need to go to a therapist. Sometimes people might just need spiritual counsel. Yes. Yes. I am a firm believer in both. God, you know, he didn't just create clergy. He also created therapists. If we didn't need it, we wouldn't have it. God created everything we needed, right? He's the resource. So he gave us all, actually, he's the source. He's not the resource. He's the source. So he gave us all the resources we need as the source, right? So if we didn't need that as a resource, the source would not have created it. That's right. So we do need therapists. We do need psychologists. We do need doctors. Contrary to what people believe, because there's some people out here that believe, mm, you got Jesus, you don't need that. You got Jesus and you need that. Mm, that's right. I totally agree. And I hope that someone that's tuned in today, you know, that their, their mind, that signals are starting to go off and they're starting to think about, you know, how they can tap into um, whether it's the healing, they're, they're, you know, maybe they're in a place where they're now healed and God has been challenging them to reach out, right? And be a blessing to others now from their healed place. Or maybe someone else is tuned in and they haven't even began their journey yet because they're still in the initial phase of God. Why me? Why am I here? They're still grieving over the, the, their painful situation. And that's okay too. We're not, um, the people that are on the other side are not better than you, right? No. Um, um, we, if we haven't been there, we're next. I mean, we're this thing called life. <laughs> it just, it doesn't gives us any heads up in terms of what cards we're going to be dealt. That's right. We don't know from one moment to the next what awaits us. The only thing that we, the only guarantee that we have is that God will be with us through it all. Right. Like whether it's through the flood, it's through the fire, whether it's through the rain, the storms. I mean, literally, you can see all of that throughout scripture, mm-hmm. walking through through the flood. Yeah. You see people floating above the flood. You see people walking through dry ground. You see people uh, 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 not scorched in the fire, people in lion's dens. Yeah giant facing giants. I mean, this is, I love all of the ebbs and flows of the scripture because it's showing you that throughout all the craziness that life can bring you, God is there. If you allow him to come in and just be with you in your situation, then you will see what he can do. But whether it was through the story, say of Esther, where we don't ever see God mentioned in the story, We don't really even see, well, we see people praying because she prayed, she fasted. So we know she spoke to God, but there's not, God is not really pronouncing that story, but his hand is all over it, right? All over that story. Um, So yeah, no matter, uh, and I say that to say this for, you know, because we're all at different points in our, in our spiritual journey. Some people are more in a, in an intimate place with God, other people Mm -hmm. just in their journey, but regardless of where you are on the spectrum, 
if you allow God to come into that crisis with you, you're going to see his glory and he's going to introduce you to another version of you that you didn't even know existed. (laughs) You know, I like, I remember as you were talking about, you know, your journey um, as an author, like I remember, I don't know, some decade plus ago when I was knee deep in my crises, um, had many, one of them. And I remember uh, a prophet whispering in my ear that I was an author. And I was like, hey, he know he lied because I have no desire to he write. Know he know he lied. <laughs> I have no desire to write. Um, and I, oh, the thing about it though, growing up um, during my school years, whether it was middle school, elementary, the enemy at an early age put this thing in me that I, I was a horrible writer. So I had a lot of anxiety with writing and public speaking, right? So I could not speak if I had to do a speech or any assignment in class where I'd stand in front of class or any writing assignment was just, I felt like I was dying, literally. The anxiety was so much. And so I believe that there's no way. At that point, I was convinced that I'm not a writer. So when he said that, I was like, huh. But what I didn't realize what I was really faithful at doing was writing in my journal because I found journal journal entries were so therapeutic for me. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. It was just like whenever I would grab a, a pen and paper, didn't matter where I was, I felt one with the spirit of God. I just felt like it wasn't even me at that point. It was just like, I, it, I thought I was releasing, you know, just expressing myself to God, but it was really like mm-hmm. poetry and emotion. It's like the Holy Spirit threw me on paper, but I never counted that as writing. To me, that was just <laughs> me expressing myself. That was just my devotion to God. That was just how God and I communicated. And I remember the day where the Lord was like, you're a writer. And I was like, no, I'm not. And he said, look behind you. And I turned behind me. I had a box filled to the brim with journal entries notebooks just like piled on pile and I was moving at that time and I said wait a minute did I write that much like when did I write all those entries mm-hmm. um and yeah and so through um that experience I finally accepted okay Lord I accept the call to write but um it really came after like I said tons of journal entries and really releasing so much on paper and then actually hearing God say this is part of your journey like I actually want you to produce you know something that you can put into the hands of people <laughs> um it was scary I'll, I'll be honest because again I had to really overcome a lot of lies that was mm-hmm. in me um I had to overcome a lot but that's for someone who is thinking, I can't do this. I cannot write. I can't be a writer. Um, I don't see it in my future. And like I said, when you sit with God, he will show you things about yourself that you didn't even know was possible, right? Uh, if you allow him to process you through your pain, you listen, you allow him to really do his thing. You're A year from now, you're not even going to recognize yourself. You're going to be like, whoa, I didn't know I had this. I didn't know I had this capacity. I didn't know I had this ability. And I just say this, we have to understand that God created us. And when he created us, he programmed us for whatever he wants wants us to eventually become. He puts everything in us in seed form and he gives these things a time and a season and an Mm -hmm. appointment. 
you're going to be this, you're going to be that, you're going to do this. And so if God comes to reveal something to you about yourself 10 years before it happens, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. I'm laughing because that actually happened to me. Uh, God gave me anointed to write in 2010. Yeah. And Help I ran. You. Yes. And that's okay. First of all, I didn't like the name of the company that he gave me, <laughs> which is the name of the company today. I is anointed the number two, right? And I always put emphasis on the number two because I always thought being from Philly, having a number and a business name was whack. That was corny. That was ghetto. That wasn't me. Wow. You meant that for somebody else. It's a lot of heathers in the world. So that wasn't for me. Then one day I was going through the Bible because I kept seeing it everywhere. I saw it on street corners. I saw it with my eyes open. I saw it when I closed my eyes. I saw it on TV. I saw it on cars. I saw it in the mirror. So one day I'm flipping through the Bible and I'm like, okay, Lord, here's the bartering. Mm. I'm flipping through this Bible. Wherever I stop, right? Not Lord giving me the scripture. Wherever I stop, I need this scripture to explain to me what exactly it is that you want me to do. My well, God. I stopped at Habakkuk 2, 2, and 3. Jesus. And I closed the Bible, put it to the side and was like, that wasn't for me. And I went on by my merry old way. And then I started writing a book in 2012, 2013. I put it down because I went through a divorce. Mm -hmm. 2015, I picked it back up. 2016, I got a traditional publisher. 2017, a season of pressing was released through a publishing company. Mm -hmm. Seven years later from when he gave me anointed to write. My and it God. wasn't until my publisher passed away in 2020 that I was like, oh, Lord, what am I going to do now? I got this book. He didn't pass away. And he's like, remember what I told you? Anointed to write. And I was like, oh, yeah. So in 2021, I asked my girlfriend to check to see if the domain was available. Eleven years later, it was still available. Anointed the number two right. It was ordained. And you see what I'm saying? Like your your story just confirmed everything <laughs> that I just said because mm -hmm. um, you know, this is this is the process right there. That those eleven years, you needed that. If you and if that's you, the process versus the product. Yes. From 2010 to two thousand twenty-one, I went through a divorce. I went through losing everything. I went through my credit being shot to shingles. I went through laying literally from couch to floor. I moved six times in five months. Like I lost a sister in 2021. After we buried her, I lost my job. At the end of June of that year, I had surgery. I deal with infertility issues and the fertility clinic told me I couldn't come back because I had like an $800 balance. And if anybody knows anything about going to the fertility clinic is way more than that. So for me to only owe you $800 and you to say, I can't come back. I had a fit. I literally balled myself up in a fetal, fetal position and sobbed. Jesus. And my husband came behind me and put his arms around me and just started praying. Mm. And when 2022 came mm. and I was holding my sister's hand who had ovarian cancer, when she took her last breath, that's when I regained my voice. Mm. I can't make that make sense. I have no idea how to make that make sense. The only thing I can say is that you pushed, you pushed, you endured, you persevered, you got to the end of that 
process so that you could birth what is now anointed to write and your and the beautiful testimony that comes with it. Um, and 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 this is this is really the crux of everything we're trying to say for those that are tuned in is that mm -hmm. just live through it. It's hard. You're gonna have to cry. It's, you don't have to take some deep breaths. So when my sister got sick, mm -hmm. she had breast cancer in 2018, and the same day she called me and said she had breast cancer, I did genetic testing and found out I carried the BRCA1 gene. Oh my god! And that's the gene of cancer she had. Jesus. So she went through the double mastectomy, didn't get the hysterectomy, got the ovarian cancer. Ovarian cancer. Once you start to fill up fluid in your stomach, it's the end. So we kind of just kept her comfortable until she passed. But mm. what I learned in that moment, and that was my closest sister. She was the second oldest of the girls. And, but what I learned through that ordeal, even through her going through what she was going through, mm -hmm. her concern was me as her younger sister. And because our mom was sick, she did a lot of, pretty much helping to raise her younger siblings. Right. Right. But what I learned in the moment of watching her walk through that, and she never complained until like toward the end. And that's when like other things started to happen. Cancer causes a lot of other issues. Right. But when she took that last breath, mm. it was twofold. It was, it was sad but I also was relieved she didn't have to suffer anymore. So it kind of reminded me of Bishop Marvin Winans always says that the anointing should do two things, right? Mm. It should be tangible and transferable. Okay. Tangible means it's reachable. Right. Transferable means from me, it transferred to who it was originally for, mm. right? Sometimes it's not going to transfer to you per se. It's like when somebody prophesies to somebody next to you, but not to you. Mm -hmm. But back in the beginning of this conversation, we talked about God not leaving the crumbs behind. Mm -hmm. You can always put your hand out and catch the crumbs. Right. There's always something available to you. You just have to be open to it. So that is what that remind me of. And I was like, wow, this is a God moment. And I never looked at it like that before. But I was like, this is a God moment. You see somebody take their last breath and you instantly go into worship. I never experienced that before, but I instantly went into worship. Mm. That was a God moment. And that was the turning point for me. Although that's probably the hardest thing I've had to walk through. That also was a turning point for me to say, listen, you have to start living out what your purpose is mm. my god wow that was beautiful um and so i want <laughs> it's it's so unfortunate tom is not on our side because this is such a beautiful topic and it really would take we could take all day just exploring it because it has so we many need a whole conference <laughs> I had so many different angles, um, but I want to give you an opportunity to, you know, speak to someone right now that may be struggling, right? They're struggling with their ability to find pain, um, purpose in their own pain. Um, whether it's been years, days, months, they're struggling and, you know, they're listening right now. What would you say to that person? 
The first thing I would say is that it's okay to not be okay. Mm. A lot of people will go hide and suffer in silence because there's this stigma where if you got Jesus, you should be okay. Or if, if you are um, supposed to be a strong woman, you should be okay. Or if you are a provider for your family as a man, you should be okay. No, it's okay to not be okay because you're still human and you're still in this flesh. Amen. So not being okay is okay. And you can sit in it for a little bit, but you can't stay there. You got to get up. Whatever that looks like to you, if that's journaling, if that's reaching out to a friend, if that's reaching out to your primary care physician to give you a referral, whatever it is, I went through and it, as a result, turned into anxiety. Amen. Um, you definitely are not alone. There's more people out here going through than you think. And there are people that you can connect with that will support you. I also want to encourage you to find your tribe. Mm -hmm. The reason I want you to find your tribe is because sometimes your tribe is not your family and that's okay. Amen. Your tribe is your tribe. Listen, you can contact me and we can link arms www.anointedthenumber2right.com I am a personal relationship coach. We can link arms and I will take you through my RTT program, which is to reclaim your power, take back your voice and tell your story. Going through the process of peeling back the layers so that you can go through and figure out what it is that is holding you hostage to whatever it is that you've been through. God wants you to break free. He doesn't want you to be in bondage. Amen. You are enough. Your story matters and your voice matters. The time is now. Tell your story. God Amen. bless you. Amen. Glory be to God. And to that same person, I just want to remind you that God never intended for us to do life on our own. It was always his intent to do life with us, meaning there's never anything that we can face, navigate, or endure that God doesn't care about or want to help us overcome. This was the main reason Jesus came, right, on earth as a sign, as a confirmation that God wanted to dwell among us and mm -hmm. have an intimate relationship with us that mirrored the Godhead, right? And I believe that God is saying to someone today is that I want to meet you at the cross, I want to offer you a trade. I want to give you my son and you give me your heart. You trade in your sorrows for joy, your ashes for beauty, your mourning for dancing, mm -hmm. your darkness for light, death for life, and purpose for pain. There's a trade that needs to be made, right? And it's at the cross that that will happen. And so I don't want to assume that everyone that is tuned in is a believer because that is likely not the case. And, you know, if you are not a believer, we want you to know that Romans 10, 9 says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And there's no better decision that's going to guarantee you the best possible life here on earth 
and when you leave this earth. And after you've made that decision, we encourage you to find a good Bible teaching church. And like the woman of God said, find your tribe that will help you grow spiritually and be all that God created you to be. And for the ladies that are tuned in, that are looking for a support system and a group of women to fellowship with and grow spiritually with, you can connect with us here at uh, my organization, Beauty for Ashes Global Women's Ministry, where we offer a variety of ways that you can connect and um, grow with like-minded women of faith from virtual small groups, girl talk sessions, conferences, retreats, and so much more. Um, our website is www.beautyforashes-global.com. You can find all of the contact information there. And lastly, I want to give Heather the opportunity to tell us all how we can connect with her for those that would like to connect with her for all of her wonderful services that she offers. Well, mine's very simple. It's www anointed the number two right.com i laugh because the number two is in there and i'm still chuckling over that but on my website you will be able to find all that you need you can get in contact with me by email you can subscribe i do have a i think about for the last year and a half i've been doing a monthly blog so i do have blog posts up there um if you're looking for something to read that is free. You can subscribe. Um, I also do have my free books. My books are $10 a piece. Um, they can be ordered on the website as well. Wherever you are, whatever you're going through, you are not alone and you don't have to do it alone. Get connected. It's very important to get connected. Whether you want to go into business or not, get connected because you need to feed your faith. My old pastor used to say at the end of every service, feed your faith and starve your doubts to death. Yes. In order to do that, you have to link arms with people that are like-minded. So I encourage you to do just that. Again, www.anointedthenumber2right.com. Amen. Amen. And so that is all we have for you today, folks. And we pray that something that was said resonated with you and leads you one step closer to the Lord and discovering your purpose. God bless you until we meet again. Thanks for listening to A Word with Dr. Shirley. To connect with Dr. Shirley, please visit www.drshirleyphd.com or email drshirleyphd at gmail.com. Thanks and have a blessed day.